0: Hey, everybody. Welcome. My name's Eric Christensen, and you are listening to Sales Funnel Hacker HQ. Uh, This is coming to you from Novato, California, in the Bay Area, San Francisco, and uh, this podcast is really dedicated to all small business owners, entrepreneurs, uh, folks that are in transition, motivated to realize uh, their dreams in business, and... uh, understand all the elements of growing a new business and uh, being successful at the sales and marketing strategies needed to be successful. So, you know, I'd like to just share a little bit about me and where I come from and how I've got to this place where my motivations have taken me to sharing my experiences and, uh, you know, learnings uh, to this podcast. So, You know, I'm a Canadian kid, I grew up in uh, a town called Edmonton, Alberta, up in the Great White North, and I was privileged to, you know, grow up in a family uh, that was very supportive and, uh, you know, embedded in a community that had lots of uh, relationships and foundational support that, you know, I was able to leverage as a kid uh, in sports and in school and, uh, you know, really just fortunate to grow up around a lot of really smart uh, motivated young people and uh, in a family that, you know, was embedded in the professional world. So uh, a good frame of reference for what that looked like and uh, what it meant to succeed in that arena. So, um, you know, I was a kid with dreams, uh, <clears throat> you know, as a young guy, <clears throat> pardon me, playing sports. Hockey was the big sport, you know, and uh, I played a lot of hockey. I was really in love with that game and uh, played it, you know, through about the age of 15, 16, where, you know, you get to realize you're either going to make the cut or you're not, and it was clear that I was not going to make the cut, so uh, that was okay. I had other friends that uh, were making the cut, and it was fun to cheer them on, and some of them actually, you know, did did pretty well and went on to college, and uh, even a few of them uh, into the pros, so uh, I had some, you know, Great times uh, growing up with with that sport and watching our Edmonton Oilers uh, win some Stanley Cups and Wayne Gretzky and that whole uh, era of hockey. It was really fantastic. And so uh, I did play, you know, other sports and I had other interests. But, you know, by the time I got to about the age of 12 or 13, I was pretty motivated to start making some money. So, you know, as most kids do, uh, we start picking up odd jobs and doing little things. So in my case, you know, I had the paper route. I can remember being jealous of one of my friends that had a paper route, was pretty young, and did it for a few years before I could even get one, so uh, by the time a route came became available, it was, you uh, know I think, 80, 70 or 80 homes in my neighborhood that, uh, you know, I was able to deliver to over a period of, I don't know, three or four years, and, and that was, you know, a good discipline, really. Um, you don't make a whole lot of money delivering papers, but it gets you up at 4 o'clock in the morning, and... Uh, around the neighborhood in the snow or uh, in the summertime ideally uh, on a bike but you know either way it was a a good exercise in discipline and uh, you know wherever else I could in the summer I would uh, be mowing grass or in the winter you know shoveling sidewalks and driveways and you know um, all I could do to make a few extra bucks through the ages of about 12 to 15 and at that time you know you you qualify to go get a real job and uh, you know give yourself a raise and Start, you know, learning what it means to be an employee. And uh, for better or worse, I think everybody needs to learn how to be a good employee first in order to understand what it means to be a good boss one day. So I went along uh, and did my part and took on new responsibilities once I became old enough. And I can remember the first jobs I had were, you know, busing tables in a restaurant Uh, eventually graduating to waiting tables at the age of 17 or 18 and I really wasn't all that good at it. I, you know, I experienced it. I was certainly uh, in a place where I I was learning and getting better at it but, you know, I wasn't really the natural waiter type. Um, I was really there to make the money and didn't so much care as much about food service and table service and um, ultimately that's where I got tripped up, but, you know, uh, a good exercise in figuring out what not to do. Um, So, you know, as I got into high school, I I did more entrepreneurial type stuff. I uh, helped form a ski club that we called the HOTS Club, Hell on Two Skis. Um, There were other derivatives of that acronym that were used, and I won't mention those here, but uh, needless to say, we had a great group of kids in our school and uh friends and you know we had a lot of fun going up to banff and even into the states uh to montana eventually on some of these trips and uh some of our fundraising efforts included throwing hall parties and even getting liquor licenses and bands and all that kind of stuff and i can remember me and my friend putting that hall party together a couple of hall parties and making like four thousand dollars in a night and we were like holy crap why don't we just do that every night um, which of course we couldn't do—not even every weekend. We generally would get into a hall, and they wouldn't let us back. But, um, anyways, we had fun, um, and you know those experiences just led me to the spirit of entrepreneurship at an early age. And so, you know, I, I was always sort of battling, you know, the concept of you know formal education and getting a good education and really you know for me that always meant it was a backstop it was going to be the safety net for me because my ambition was to go be in business and uh, create something and build something and you know who needs a job when you're you know creating value and uh, people are paying you for that value so I just never really thought I was going to have a full-time job forever but I knew that I might need one one day and so my my whole strategy was to have a university education that would be my backstop to failing in other endeavors. So, um, anyways, I, uh, you know, never really did very well in school, so that was always a struggle, you know. Um, in Canada, the the grading system was one through nine uh, in my elementary school years, and so I can tell you that I never was in that eight, nine category very often. I wasn't in the one or two category, but I can tell you I had a three along the way in my math class in grade seven. And I can remember being horrified that I had a three at the end of the first term. And I, you know, was, you know, having to share that with my parents and go through that exercise of, figuring out how to get better and improve and I did and so at the end of that year I can remember receiving the most improved student award in grade seven going from a three to a seven or an eight as a final mark in that class which was you know tremendous so I'd gone from failing to um, getting towards the top of the class and doing just fine which was a big you know sort of shift for me to get out of the the doldrums of being at the bottom of the class and uh, you know enjoy some of the success of you know doing well. So um I can tell you that didn't always play out for me, but I always worked hard and uh some some years were better than others, but ultimately I did make my way through high school. I did make my way into college and uh graduated from college, not again at the top of my class, but you know enough to get through, get by. I did learn a lot. Um I think at the end of the day what I realized is I am really not a very good test taker, you know, I can, I can learn and re- replay the concepts and understand the concepts, but I don't always test very well, so, um, anyways, that was uh, a learning for me, and, uh, you know, at the end of the day, I ended up with a, a college degree, and, you know, I was able to move forward with my backup plan and get a job in an accounting firm, so, um, I was... You know fortunate that actually my dad was an accountant and so you know no mystery as to where that motivation came from to become an accountant i came from a family of accountants i was surrounded by accountants my dad was a partner in a large accounting firm and all his partners were accountants so yes nothing but accountants around me all my life um i could see that there was a good living there and uh you know they enjoyed the work and ultimately it really is a fantastic route into business if you don't want to be you know Counting the books for you know somebody else uh you know you could also get recruited to go run a business for somebody that uh, needs that accounting background so i always thought that was a, a great place to uh be to you know get educated and, and have that as my backstop and, and, and otherwise if i am going to run a business of my own uh you know i'm going to have the the education in my back pocket to never be fooled nobody's going to cook the books on me and me not know about it so i always thought that was an important objective and uh it actually played out pretty well for me that way. Um, you know, the truth is I, I, I failed at accounting. Uh, I went through um, three solid years of working pretty much seven days a week after finishing college and getting to work with a, an accounting firm. Uh, the hours and the requirements to get through the testing are rigorous, uh, grueling. In fact, only about 50% of the folks taking the Uh, accountancy test in Canada actually pass, and uh, you get three cracks at it, and uh, on the third crack, you're pretty much out, and so, anyways, I did that, I went through three cracks of it, and I was out, but I still had my education, it doesn't mean you can't practice accounting, it just means you can't practice um, as a chartered accountant, with that designation as being, you know, the top of your profession, so you know, that bothered me a little bit that I failed, but at the same time, it also made me realize where I was supposed to be, you know, focusing my energy. And at that time, um, you know, I was ready to make a, make a shift. And so I, you know, before the end of my, um, last opportunity to, to test for the profession, I I went on a vacation and, uh, I went down to Mexico and had a couple of weeks down there where, you know, I just really wanted to cut loose, have fun, be a 20-something-year-old guy and, you know, figure my life out. So, um, you know, met a lot of people and, uh, in fact, met the one person, the one lady that I would fall in love with and uh, eventually marry and have a family with. So um, that story is a little bit of a sidewinder, but um, needless to say, I went on that trip. I came back to Canada. I packed my bags and I drove back down to San Francisco Found a job and never left. And so that's like 1996. And so it was uh, an interesting time because at that time I was still preparing for my final crack at that exam. Um, But it didn't really matter because I'd already decided screw it, I'm leaving Canada, I'm moving to the United States, I found an accounting job. And that was the end of it. I didn't really care if I passed or failed. So I studied, I tried, you know, I got close, didn't make it, but I already had a job. So it was like, all right, forget it. I'm starting on September 10th or whatever it was. And I drove my butt down here in my little Honda Civic with a uh, hundred bucks in my pocket and moved in with my girl. And, uh, from there on, we just, uh, we made it work, you know? And so one of the theories that I subscribed to early on was, you know, figuring out where you want to make wake up every day, and then just go make the rest of it work. And so, I had actually traveled quite a bit through my teens and into my 20s, and you know, had my Europe experience, and traveled around, and done a lot of things, been around the United States quite a bit. And uh, when I landed in the Bay Area the first time and looked around, I just uh, kind of went, "Wow, this is amazing." And as I started to get to know the people and, uh, you know, get entrenched in my work here and the opportunities that exist in the Bay Area. I just really was like, um, this is it, this is home, this is where I'm gonna spend the rest of my days, figuring it out because, you know, like I said, figure out where you wanna wake up and then make the rest work. And I've done that and it's been a 20 year, 22 year experience for me now and I don't regret one minute of it. It's been uh, a great journey and I'm happy to share more of that journey um, as, as I kind of, you know, complete my, my story here, but there, there were challenges and there were some things that I had to face about myself along the way that, you know, weren't always easy. And one of the first things was, um, in this accounting profession that I had chosen for myself, I really wasn't perfectly suited to it. So, um, it was, a it was a course of action that I took as a backup plan to get me where I wanted to go. And I was leveraging that to get into the United States and get a job and get working. But ultimately what happened after just a short time of working in this uh, CPA firm in downtown San Francisco, um, I got sick. Uh, I, I got what's called Graves' disease, which was actually a slow-working um, you know, medical condition that I had probably for quite some time, which is a thyroid condition that ultimately blew up into this major hypo, hyperthyroid, uh, condition, which caused me to lose like 60 pounds. I was eating like, you know, extra large pizzas every night and they were just running right through me and I couldn't, couldn't keep any weight on. I was, you know, sweating profusely. I couldn't add up a column of numbers twice and get to the same answer twice. So at that point, you know, I knew that I was in trouble. And so, um, I went to the doctor, you know, it didn't take but about 10 seconds for him to look at me and go, kid, you have Graves' disease, and so my thyroid was the size of a small grapefruit. Um, He put me out of work for six months and, you know, made me go get the thyroid treatment, which was a radioactive iodine to kill my thyroid, and then the recovery and all that was just a complete, um, you know, emotional and psychological trauma, you know, after committing, you know, the previous seven or eight, Nine years of my life to accounting and realizing that really wasn't where I was supposed to be. Um, And ultimately, my brain had changed to where I really wasn't able to do the math and the simple computational work to be an accountant. I mean, straight up, it was a, a difficult thing to come to terms with. But it also made me look more deeply inside at myself and realize that, you know, Eric, all the things that you did previously were, you know, Entrepreneurial, self-motivational, self-motivated, and, uh, you know, really just out trying to solve problems for people that were willing to pay for that problem to be solved. And so whatever that looks like, I, I realized, you know, with the entrepreneurial spirit in the Bay Area and technology, um, you know, all the software evolution that was happening, I found myself in a place where I could go take on a sales position for an accounting software firm. And it was really my Uh, transition point that I made there into sales and business development that helped me get clear on what was next. And, you know, as we think uh, back to 1996, 97, 98, really the early days of the internet, um, you know, we we, I can remember having a, you know, small SE30 Apple computer on my desk and it was that little like six by six inch inch screen and we had dial up service and AOL and, uh, you know, I would sit in, the, in front of that computer for 12, 14, 16 hours a day, you know, uh, surfing the web, doing whatever I needed to do to figure out the next thing. And I can remember, um, you know, searching around all the job boards and Craigslist at the time, one of the early places, uh, you know, I found a, an opportunity with an e-commerce startup that was hiring in the city. And uh, so I threw my hat in the ring, I got hired, and I, that's 1999. And so just before the bubble and the crash uh, I was able to get in get some experience and uh, otherwise keep going and so I had a few different jobs in the e-commerce and information arena before finally um, finding a a startup opportunity in I think it was 2003 where um, I joined up with a a group of entrepreneurs seasoned entrepreneurs that were taking this remote scanning technology to market to Uh, help e-commerce stores in the early days earn the confidence of shoppers that it was in fact a safe and secure place to do business so you know at that time you might recall we had SSL as sort of the standard people would use to think about what security meant online. And uh, there were fallacies there that we exposed because as anybody that might understand how the internet works and how data works, you know, an encrypted line is fine. That's a great sort of first layer of security. But if anybody has the key on either side, well, it negates the value of any encryption. So anyways, the real problems that we were identifying and the fallacies we were exposing are the vulnerabilities that exist on websites, so uh every website that is being published ultimately has vulnerabilities, and those vulnerabilities are you know getting i'm sorry if I'm getting a little too technical here, but you know things like SqL injection and cross site scripting and other known vulnerabilities uh exist pretty much everywhere so we can help you close those up uh and then certify your site with the hacker safe certification you know what we were able to prove is that that confidence was uh increased a little bit, and you know those websites that earned our certification began to do more business. So um, once we uncovered that we could increase conversion rates by certifying the security of the website, uh, that story became really uh, well known and it resonated with uh, not just consumers, but with e-commerce store owners. So we were able to take this little, you know, startup concept and grow it from zero to about $18 million after, I think, seven years. And so I had a lot of fun helping build that sales team out. Um, I learned a lot. I had some great mentors uh, in Ken Leonard and Mick Doherty and and others that uh, I worked with. And uh, I I just feel blessed that I was able to go through that experience. And uh, ultimately, there was an acquisition that happened. And, uh, you know, the heart and soul that comes with, you know, being an entrepreneur or working with entrepreneurs, it's, uh, I don't know, it's hard to describe. I was so connected and so committed and so used to telling the story I can still tell it today and I think you know hopefully you got a sense of what that value was that we brought to market but you know um it worked well it was a seven-year run but at the end of the day at the end of seven years uh the value that we created and uh, the value piece that I created um you know didn't belong to me it belonged to somebody else so I was still just an employee although I had a vested interest in the success of the firm you know once it became somebody else's, um, company, you know, it wasn't ever really mine anyways. And so I felt really sort of broken. You know, I, uh, I had dedicated years of my life to helping to build this thing and now it was somebody else's and I had nothing. And the value that they assigned to me was really not very strong. They basically said to me, they didn't need me or want me. I was a highly compensated employee and nothing more really. So the value, The presence in the market was already done and there was really not a whole lot left for me to do there other than try to figure out what I was going to do next. So um, you know as much as there was some success there and we made some money there it really kind of at the end felt more like a failure and uh, it really hurt me in my soul, in my heart that you know I had given so much to this thing and then at the end of the day nobody really wanted me and the value I had created really just belonged to somebody else. So. You know, again, the, the, the thing I realized was, you know, if it wasn't me at the front doing something for myself, in a business for myself, I probably wasn't going to actualize my dreams the way that I had always thought and believed I would. So, um, you know, the e-commerce arena is a fantastic place. The internet is still the most amazing thing that has happened in my lifetime. Uh, the gold rush is still on. The, you know, advent of social media and social media platforms uh, that we saw and we continue to see the growth of is is pretty amazing and so um you know while i went through all that um you know and i lost a job and was you know fortunate enough to get another opportunity with my then ceo and mentor ken leonard to do another startup um which was again a little different area that uh they were focusing on wasn't so much my passion and belief that I was going to be there for a long time, so, you know, uh, helped them get started for a year, and then moved on to some consulting, and, you know, at that point, I'm already pretty deeply entrenched in the information security arena, so I was able to join another startup and help them grow, and so I spent several years just helping a number of different startups go from zero to something, zero to something. And it was never, you know, 5 or 10 or 20 million. It was always 0 to 1 or 0 to 2 or whatever million dollars. And not, you know, really the big uh, thing that I was hoping for. So, All right, so the year is 2011. And, you know, at this stage, it feels like, you know, having had some successes, building a business and getting acquired, you know, I guess really... Establishing myself as knowing how to go from zero to something um, is valuable, especially in the startup world and here in the Silicon Valley and the Bay Area. You know, we've got all kinds of the smartest people in the entire world here solving problems and starting businesses. And so the idea that I could participate and help anybody in this endeavor, you know, makes me feel like an entrepreneur, but, you know, I'm still really just tagging on to somebody else's ideas and helping them go to market and, you know, do what I do as best as I can do it and leveraging current technologies and practices in, you know, building out sales programs and, uh, you know, sales teams. That's really what I have done to this point. So I feel good about, you know, being able to do that for anybody, but I haven't yet done it for myself. And, you know, um, the hard part is... You know coming home at the end of these exercises and explaining to the wife at the time that you know we've had a good run but it's over and then it goes into the next run and run after run seems to just have a start and an end and you know it's okay to the extent that i mean they're not my businesses anyways so i never feel so bad about leaving but i feel bad because i haven't really found my own yet And I'm in a relationship and in a family unit that um, has an expectation of me that is not really fully uh, supportive. It's full of expectation, but, you know, uh, everybody has expectations. And so my expectations of myself were falling out of alignment with the expectations of my wife. And she had, over time, I think, come to realize that Eric is maybe not self-actualizing in his life, and she was no longer feeling the same way about me. And, you know, whatever it is, 15 years later, that marriage is coming to an end. And she advised me of such. And, uh, you know, as a Catholic kid growing up, and with all those ideals and values, and uh, the belief that, you know, when I say I do, I meant... do and it's forever and you know not everybody thinks the same way in this regard and she was not thinking that way coming from a place where her parents were never together and through divorce and so somehow that seemed like an easy thing for her to do but for me it was a you know again a big challenge on my ideals and my own spirit and value system so I agreed of course that it was the right thing but Again, it was a a painful year to go through a separation and a divorce with a young child at six years old. I really felt like, once again, failing. And, uh, you know, failure just seems to be a a theme in life. Not just for me, for many. I get it. It's, you know, part of life. If you're not failing at some level, you're probably not trying hard enough. So I accept failure as a part of the process, but in marriage... And in raising kids and family, not really, um, you know, the part of the equation I wanted to acknowledge or, you know. Anyways, I think everybody understands that's just a difficult thing to go through. I know I'm not alone. Many people do it. It's, uh, in this case, it turned out to be the best thing um, for everybody. Looking back on it seven years later... um, It's absolutely been the right thing because what happened once I acknowledged that it was over and opened myself up to the universe of new opportunities and new love, uh, new love actually appeared for me very quickly. Um, It was quite magical. Actually, about six weeks after the moment my wife told me she didn't want to be with me anymore, I opened myself up to the world, saw the woman of my dreams at a distance, and uh, mustered up the courage to buy her a drink on the ferry boat between Larkspur and San Francisco, and uh, she accepted and magically, this woman, Shelly, had uh, herself been through the same experience as me with having love and a marriage and uh, a child that dissolved for, you know, similar but different reasons, you know, put her in a place where she had already been, you know, letting herself be available to the world and into the dating scene and kind of had been around, um you know the online dating world a little bit and realized what a mess that was so the idea that a man had approached her and bought her a drink without sending a text message first uh, had some appeal and so um you know we just had an immediate human connection without the online piece at all and magically that has turned out to be our our story and a beautiful story because really quite uncommon today that people meet in a normal social environment and connect fall in love get married and bring their families together so that's what happened really a very short time after you know going through this separation period with my then wife so um i expedited that process we were divorced i think six months to the date from the time we actually filed to where the judge put a stamp on it shelly and i moved in together the song and dance continued, and uh, we were married two years later. So we've now been married five years, and uh, it's just been the greatest joy. So the, the thing that happened with all of that is, in true love, I was able to fully express my desires and ambitions, and Shelley realized my natural nature of entrepreneurship and having ideas, and the willingness and ability to take a risk and go chase something down to make it real for ourselves. So, um, she's a professional herself in the digital marketing world, with a you know very well respected and uh, you know well paying job at a firm in the city. And you know she allowed me the opportunity to explore the world around me and figure out really what it was that I was going to go do to create a business for ourselves and for our families and so that right there was the magic potion that has sent me on a course for really the last five years that has allowed me to try some different things build a business and uh, take full ownership of all that's involved in the sales and marketing and management and accounting Um, of a business, including hiring and firing of employees and all the other things that go along with entrepreneurship and building a business. So, um, the sequence of events is maybe not so different from other people that have been on this journey. Um, I'm just thrilled that I was able to get to this and, uh, you know, the journey continues. So at this point, you know, a lot of folks would probably say, Eric, you just, you know, jumped right out of the frying pan and back into the fire. And I would have to agree. Um, There was no wasted time at all in making my move and my shift from stress and grief to, um, you know, opening up the world of happiness and joy and love and, uh, you know, it really, really happened quite quickly when I think back. And now, um, that was the pivotal point, was my coming together with Shelly, the immediate acknowledgement of our love and commitment, and the wanting of bringing our two families together, and the recognition of each other's, you know, strengths and, you know, abilities, and natural tendencies and wants and needs, and, you know, really just listening to each other, and allowing for each other to, you know, grow in the way we need to to you know realize each other's best self and so I couldn't ask for a better partner or love in life than my wife Shelly and uh you know we've been able to bring our two kids together in a really meaningful way you know they were six and seven at the time so I mean the true brother from another mother experience has happened for us I mean these guys are best buddies they're very different but they hold each other close, they, you know, trust in each other and uh, look up to each other in their individual, you know, regards. I mean, they're both just great people, great young people, and they're growing up together, and, uh, you know, we couldn't be more proud or happy to have them with us in, in this journey. So, you know, uh, what can I say? That the The whole thing at this point is a God's gift for me because I'm able to now take everything that I've learned and done. Shelly's able to take everything that she's learned and done and bring it together and, uh, you know, in a supportive way, allow for me to go in this direction of building our business. And let me just take you through that a little bit. So, you know, five years ago, as we started thinking about what business we wanted to be in or what opportunities existed, you know, there's always a natural tendency here to run to technology and think there's a software solution to everything or that there's a, you know, technology solution or robotic solution or AI solution to everything. And, you know, there is a lot of that uh, potential in the world around us. And I certainly acknowledge it and I love it, but I kind of took a step back and, you know, I went through an exercise of coming back into a house that I had bought a long time ago with the first wife and we had it rented for a long time. And, you know, it was a part of, Uh, The plan for Shelly and I to get back in here and take the place over and we did that and it needed a lot of work when we got back here So I won't take you through that whole diatribe of stuff But in that exercise I went ahead and you know, I grew up around the trades some of my oldest and best friends in the world are, you know Finishing carpenters and custom home builders and just fantastic trades guys So I had the privilege of growing up around that and learning a lot of stuff and you know, I'm not afraid of the tools Um, I never You know, sort of thought that I would be doing more than just a hobbyist kind of thing with, you know, the trades. But, you know, as it turns out, I went ahead and, uh, you know, I built my own deck. And I've done that in the past with, you know, others in in my childhood years. And, you know, putting up fences and painting and staining and doing all that kind of stuff. I just really found therapeutic and I enjoyed it. And it's kind of simple and it's really, you know, it's manual work, right? And uh, so I did that for myself. And as I started shopping around for you know, finishing guys to come around and help me, you know, clean it and seal it and stain it. I really was struggling to find, you know, a solution that I would subscribe to, you know, bleaches and chemicals and other things that people use in the market are just not what I wanted to do. And, uh, you know, the products that are sold on store shelves are just really, you know, not high quality. And, you know, oil-based material and latex type stuff is what has been used. And I was really searching out a water-based material, something environmentally friendly, and just really trying to figure out what I could do there that would be better than the alternatives in the store. So um, it took me some time to shop it around, but I did find a solution, and it turned out to be a franchise opportunity uh, with these products. So, you know, I did due diligence and, you know, identified my market to be underserved, you know, a key element in determining whether there's a real business to be pursued there. And so um, I was right in identifying an underserved market in this exterior uh painting realm uh we would call it uh you know i guess deck refinishing and hardscape softscape uh, clean and seal type projects are just not something that people around this area were pursuing and and serving so anyways i decided i was going to take the leap and uh, quit my job and with shelley's support license this franchise and go to market with it so anyways did that Uh, for, you know, coming up three years and uh, saw great success. And, you know, in going through that exercise, I had spent, you know, time, you know, identifying my market, warming up my market, figuring out who it was I was going to serve. And I spent the, you know, the whole year prior to going into this business uh, building lists. And, you know, as a digital marketing person, a sales and marketing guy, I've been building lists for over a decade and you know this goes back to the very beginning of you know internet marketing and you know back in 1999 or 2000 when I really first started in the e-commerce space learning about it and understanding what marketing concepts look like and how they were being executed you know one of the early guys that I started following and listening to was uh, Jeff Walker and the product launch formula and I actually went ahead in I think 2010 and bought the course and the outline and all the stuff and I was getting ready and amped up to go start doing some of that uh work to you know build out an affiliate you know sort of concept and marketing strategy for myself and uh you know I just had only licensed or got the coursework when the wife had told me it was over and that was where I was like all right great well um you know that little pursuit is on hold and so until I figure my life out and the next thing I can't really do much on that entrepreneurial effort at the moment so anyways it got shelved for a few years not forgotten and uh, you know as I got ramped up to come in to this world again of running my own business and doing all the sales and marketing I you know started going back and digging up some of the old lists that I had built through my e-commerce days through my you know, previous exercises in list building for the different markets I was going after. And I've actually, as I started going back, realized I got quite a lot of lists. And, you know, there's, you know, there's rules around, you know, can spam and all the other things. So really trying to not, you know, breach any rules or do anything that uh, would be viewed as uh, spammy or out of compliance. So, you know, there was an opportunity I recognized with Facebook and Google, and remarketing, and and the way to go and get in front of an audience without, you know, having first have them opt in, but anyways uh, you know, there was a strategy that I was pursuing that I thought would work, and uh, so anyways, I spent a good solid year building the lists of the markets that I wanted to serve here in the Bay Area you know, including, you know, facilities managers, and maintenance managers, and HOA presidents and, you know, uh, really anybody in the real property management area on the commercial side that I thought I would be going and serving. So I knew that residential was going to be first. And, you know, the platforms are already there to, you know, go and get started with the home advisors and Yelps and thumbtacks and houses of the world. So there's really nothing to do there except, you know, get the presence started. And I did that. And, you know, you get reviews and you start doing work. And, you know, eventually it just, <clears throat> you get a social profile and, a, a you know, a visibility that allows for the business to have a, you know, a repeatable, you know, reliable way of getting new business, which is what you need as, you know, a business owner. And so I was able to execute against that strategy very quickly. We went from, you know, zero to like 300 grand in our first year, which uh, for, you know, a couple of two, three guys isn't so bad as a brand new business coming from zero. And, uh, you know, ultimately the challenges in that business are in this area, finding people to actually do the work, right? So Um, I won't bore you with all the details of where we're at with that business, but I can tell you that uh, we've had success. There's uh, somebody that wants to acquire the business, and I'm uh, deeply engaged in that process now, and ultimately moving into a full-time digital marketing agency role, um, which is the dream that I've always been pursuing to, you know, really not just help myself but help others, you know, start and grow their online presence and marketing strategies to create a meaningful deliverable, you know, a meaningful and reliable uh, delivery mechanism for, you know, new business. And uh, that's the whole pursuit that I've landed on. And, you know, in my own efforts to manage my digital marketing uh, for the, the painting company, you know, finding ClickFunnels and uh, diving into Russell Brunson's world and learning all of those concepts and applying those concepts in my business has proven to be uh, an amazing journey and an eye-opening journey for me because it ties in a lot of the original things that I believe to be true with list building and the importance of the list and and affiliate marketing and uh, and ultimately the sales funnel strategies and how to you know make it easier for the buyer to have a journey with you in you know solving their problems. Uh, you know, for every business on the planet. I mean, it's a it's a strategy. There are multiple strategies and ways of executing against it. And this is the area that I am truly most passionate about and excited about. I've got several uh, business opportunities I'm working on currently. I'll share more with you on those in future pod, pod, podcasts. But uh, just know that the world has changed. And the goal of this uh, podcast, and, you know, I hope to have meaningful interviews and folks join us uh, join me uh on this program to share with you you know all the parts of the journey and the successes and the failures and the things that work and don't work uh you know individually for each business they're all different so there's no way to cookie cut this it's really about trying to find uh you know relatable people in the markets you're trying to serve that are you know maybe a step ahead of you maybe a step behind you but where You know, in sharing uh, this knowledge, you know, in this area, um, you know, everyone can benefit. And, you know, in every market, if there's a competitive market, it just validates the markets. Don't be afraid of competition. I'm not afraid of competition. But some of the theories and things we're going to talk about and apply uh, in this podcast are going to help the individuals that are paying attention maybe get to be one step ahead of their competitors and do a little better. And that's that's the goal. That's uh, what we all want to do is uh, compete, do better, serve at a higher level. And I hope that, you know, some of the things we talk about and introduce you to are going to be meaningful and help you on your journey. And for me, you know, it took me 50 years to get to this place where I really feel like I've got an experience set and, uh, you know, concepts that we can deliver in a meaningful way to help you on your journey, uh, maybe get there a little faster, a little safer, a little quicker, um, a little more profitable, you know, whatever it is, uh, we just, you know, can all share in the successes and failures together and, uh, and grow individually to, you know, self-actualize, get where we want to go and, you know, let's create a better world. Anyways, thanks for joining. Thanks for listening. Peace out.